Hello, besties. Welcome to Martini with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we spill the tea, dissect the drama, and uncork the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. And yes, this episode is called Thank You or Thankful for Bravo, right? It's supposed to be about giving, you know, thanks to the Bravo universe for everything that it has done for us and bringing us together, especially in the past week with so many crazy episodes. Uh, usually I do my podcast like on Fridays or Saturdays when, you know, like I can recap the week, but with like Thanksgiving and Black Friday and family and work. So I was like, you know what, let's push it to Monday so we can like sit down, relax and, you know, be grateful. But let me start. I want to vent because I had a day from hell. Like it started really early with like drama from work, drama at home. Uh, you know, the holidays are coming. People seem to be in a mood of annoying people, right? So um, that was supposed to be my experience today. I've been insanely annoyed with pretty much every single person that I interacted today with friends, family, strangers, whatever it is, the universe was testing me. I feel so bad for whoever lady was on the other side of the bank uh, call that I had today because banks tend to fuck you over so many times. And even even though you're trying to be clear and you're trying to be as um, honest with them, it seems like they always put all the blame on the customer. And like, I understand I have worked in customer service a lot of times in my life. And um, not always the customer is right. But this time around, I was right. And I don't want to tell the story because it's too long. But long story short, I called to um, one of the banks that I have to, to close one of my bank accounts. And somebody did it wrong. And... Like there was like a charge to it and I was upset and it was supposed to be zero because I removed all my money, my phone from that account to something else and something went through and I got charged over fees and whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, bitch, I, I honestly don't want to deal with this life. I, I was telling life, life, why are you doing this to me, bitch? Why are you doing this to me today? Not the day I called the bank. I told the lady, I went off. I went full jersey on her. I was like, why am I supposed to be paying fees when I told the person that I spoke to three months ago to close my account? Do it right. And I was on the phone and the person promised me that everything was done right. And obviously it was not. So, whew, that was my day. So I'm thankful for the universe that I'm sitting here with you guys talking about Bravo, which always brings me to a happy place. No matter how annoying and obnoxious Bravo lefts can be sometimes on shows, you know, we have our favorites. We're going to dislike some. We're going to like some. Even the ones that I dislike, I'm thankful for them because uh, beyond the Bravo shows, right, it, Bravo created an awesome community. And that community has been really supportive of my platforms. So even though my day was shitty as fuck, I know that I have you guys here uh, listening to me rant about Bravo shows. And we have that connection. It reminds me of BravoCon. 
on Thanksgiving, I made a post on my Instagram saying, uh, thankful for BravoCon. And there were two Bravo Labs who replied, I'm thankful for you to be at BravoCon. And that meant so much to me, you guys. Like, I know it's just a simple message. Uh, it could be just to be nice. But that showed that, you know, that this is a community. No matter what, fans, Bravo Labs, Bravo content creators, you know, people who work at Bravo, you know, social media, everybody who's involved in this community, I mean, so far has been amazing. Even the trolls, you know, you can, I mean, I always tell, tell people that I don't care about the trolls and whatever they say, because a troll is a fan at the end of the day. Somebody who either wants to be you, who's jealous of something, something triggers them enough just to like comment on your post, right? And like go for you and whatever. So all I say is, um, thank you for the, um, for the engagement, because like it or not, you're helping my platform to grow. So I'm thankful for you too. Uh, I'm actually extremely thankful for the last few episodes of pretty much every single Broward show that we had so far. We had Potomac last night. That was that was a show, man. That was a shit show. Let's be clear. That was a shit show. Uh, we also had Miami last week and Beverly Hills. We're going to talk about Beverly Hills a little bit because I'm not liking the tone that these women are projecting on Sutton about her being alcoholic or drinking too much. I'm going to give you my take on that one. So I'm thankful that we have this space to vent about these shows. Uh, we also have Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh, Salt Lake City. That's the one that we should start with because Salt Lake City was insanity last week. They had one of the best scenes that I've seen in a while on reality TV. These women were fighting on Pilgrim's costumes while Meredith was shaking a bottle to make butter. And she didn't stop shaking that thing. I'm going to give her props. I'm going to give Meredith props because she was committed to this. She was committed from the beginning. And she said, I don't stop until I accomplish my goal. And she that's what she did. She sat there the whole entire time shaking that bottle. And in my head, all I'm thinking is uh, Taylor Swift, shake it off the whole entire time. Uh, which is really funny because even on the show, there was a Taylor Swift reference at the end when Monica said, like, oh, uh, she's dead. Like, Taylor Swift said, I was like, oh, my gosh, we we are thinking we're in synch we're synchronized. There is a Taylor Swift vibe. I don't know, maybe all the Taylor Swift news that we get every single day from her new boyfriend to the tour in Brazil that was, like, overheating and somebody... Like, got hurt or something, like, insanity. So, in those moments, what I'm thinking is, like, we are doing some Taylor Swift references on Salt Lake City. But, um, rewinding a little bit of that dinner. That dinner was a iconic moment for Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City had, had some iconic moments. But, sometimes... There is a point when every single franchise has that dinner 
that you'd remember forever. For example, Beverly Hills had the uh, dinner from hell, you know, the dinner party from hell from season one. They've been trying to recreate it for, you know, many times on the show, but that dinner is iconic. Also, the Amsterdam dinner, that thing is like mind-blowing because to me, it's how Kim handled every single woman on the table by herself. And she made Kyle Richard run. She made Lisa Reyna get like upset and break a glass. She triggered those ladies so much that to me, that was TV gold. So on Salt Lake City, we haven't had that moment when they're sitting and you kind of like go like, shit, this is fucking crazy. This time was, these women dress on Pilgrim, right? And then we see... Lisa Barlow and Monica going at each other because it's really funny how Heather wanted this brunch to be like a healing process for the group before they go to the trip to Bermuda, which I'm excited to watch because that that is a pivotal time on the whole story this season. That Bermuda trip changes everything. And it will it, it will definitely explain why Heather and Monica were sitting next to Andy at the reunion. Because, like I said it before, I said it on my recap on TikTok. Actually, by the way, you guys, I am becoming more active on Instagram, on TikTok with those real things. Because it's hard for me to do uh, podcasts three times a week like I used to do to recap shows. So I'm inviting you guys to follow me on Instagram or TikTok. Because I'll be posting little like uh, one-minute recap every time that an episode airs at uh, the end of the episode or the next day so you guys can see how what i feel about the episode that night so i posted it on instagram when they released the uh the the, the, the the sitting chart i said i don't understand why heather is sitting next to andy because she has given us nothing nothing so far if anything i would say lisa barlow and monica made more sense because their fights are on the daily they are going at each other all the time to the point that even Lisa Barlow had to like go to the side and like kind of apologize and bring Monica back to the table because she felt so like triggered by the whole situation. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Monica fan, but I do appreciate what Monica has brought to Salt Lake City. I mean, it's undeniable that no matter how produced some of her storylines are, like the whole mom thing, to me, it seems produced to me. Like the interactions make no sense in real life, right? Um, like the way that they happen. I'm not saying that their problems between mother and daughter are not real. Let's be clear on that part. I do feel like the way that they stage the conversations are produced for TV, right? Um, some of the arguments don't seem to click with me as organic. So um, even though all of that, we can't deny the fact that Monica has activated pretty much the whole entire cast. The fact that the whole entire cast was not on a speaking turn with Monica before the reunion speaks loudly of how they feel about her. Um so like it or not, she is shaking things up in the mountains of Salt Lake City. I want to see how the group moves forward from the reunion and how they kind of like 
change the dynamic for the next season because obviously a show can continue when the whole entire cast isolates one person. And I don't think Monica is going anywhere, to be honest. I don't think she is going to be fired. I don't think she's going to leave the, the show. I think she actually loves being on reality TV. She's one of those people that you can tell that maybe, just maybe, was waiting for the right time for her to have this platform. And this happened. So I highly doubt that no matter how people are trying to push the idea that she is going to be fired because she lied about something or because allegedly she stole Lisa Barlow's ring or uh, the whole lawsuit with Heather. If anything, if anything, Bravo has so many stories around her for like 20 more seasons, right? Um, and that's what Bravo wants. Because none of these storylines are problematic. This is not like like a Jenny, what's it called? Jenny, the one that they got fired for being racist. This is not that case, right? This is not the case of being somebody racist. This is not the case of somebody being homophobic. This is somebody who has issues within the cast. And that's what you want in reality TV. So I highly doubt, highly doubt that Bravo is going to let her go. Um, yeah, that's just my thought. I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys. I don't know what you guys think, but I do believe that there is a chance that, um, that a lot of these ladies are going to start to like Monica and we see it happening. Uh, I do know that Mary is, um, very happy with Monica's performance, I guess, at the reunion. Because after the reunion, Mary followed her on social medias, right? Um, I do think Meredith is in better terms with her. So there has to be something there for Monica to stay on the show with some kind of support. Um, but I highly doubt this is going to be gone anywhere. Especially after what happened at this last episode... I don't think Bravo wants to lose the opportunity to bank on the fact that Lisa Barlow is so activated and bothered by Monica. And that's good because I love Lisa Barlow. And I appreciate Lisa Barlow even more when she is activated because there is something about Lisa and the way that she says stuff to somebody that it's almost like a, you know, that Southern way of shade when people say like god bless your heart when you know that they're not telling you to be blessed that they tell you you're fucking stupid right uh that's how i feel about lisa barlow lisa barlow doesn't tell you to fuck off lisa barlow tells you in a nice way to get the fuck out of her face right um also we gotta remember that Lisa Barlow is in better place with Heather Gay. And we've seen it happening on the show, like, gradually. Like, they didn't start friendly this season, right? Um, actually, she was very close to Whitney. I think they're still close enough. You know, I, I don't think that they are in bad terms. But I do see a... Um, level of friendship between Heather and Lisa Barlow. Maybe this whole thing with Jack 
helped them become closer, even though at the beginning, it seemed like Heather was too invested on Jack's story. But now we see Heather defending Lisa Barlow. She was defending Lisa Barlow at that dinner, right? She was on her side. And that was something that I was not expecting at all to happen this season. She was sitting next to Lisa at the reunion, right? Uh, based on the chart, if I'm not wrong, I'm trying to remember it by heart, but it was Andy in the middle, right? And then next to Andy was Heather, Heather, Lisa, Lisa, Angie. Let me see, because I want to make sure that I give it the right information, you guys. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something that I noticed that Lisa Barlow and Heather's dynamic has definitely shift in a very drastic way. So um, the sitting chart is as I, as follow. Yes, it is Andy in the middle. To his left is Heather, Lisa, Angie K, and Mary at the end when she joins as a friend of. On the other side is Monica, Meredith, and Whitney. I'm still trying to understand how um, Whitney ended up on the other side of the of the uh, of the sofa, but I definitely see why Lisa is sitting next to Angie and across from Monica. That makes a lot of sense. So that is why I'm thankful for Salt Lake City because all this drama, Jesus freaking Christ, is insanity. Insanity. Let's talk about Beverly Hills because that's another one that I'm thankful for. A lot of people are complaining about it. I love this season. I said it before and I feel like Beverly Hills has gone back to what it used to be back in the day about the most trivial, non-problematic, very petty drama between the cast members, right? I I am excited because in the upcoming episode, we get to see that dinner that, that Kyle has been talking about for weeks now. Uh, and Camille, Cynthia, and Denise will be at that dinner. It's supposed to be a THC-infused THC dinner, so I'm pretty sure it's going to be chaotic. But we saw the introduction uh, of Denise back to Beverly Hills on the last episode at Garcelle's movie premiere. I'm so happy for Garcelle. It's her birthday today, you guys. So um, I just love Garcelle. She is um, she's one of a kind. She's that girl. Wait, it was today or yesterday? <laughs> I think it was yesterday. Yeah, but it was her birthday anyways. Uh, so... Seeing her showing her talent as a producer on the show, it reminds us that she is not just a one-trick pony. She is an actress. She's a producer. She is a great mom, right? Uh, and we are seeing all those layers on this season. Talking about 
Sutton real quick. Because I mentioned this before that I wanted to go deep into this Sutton conversation. Uh, we had seen Kyle and Dorit on the phone twisting every word that Sutton has said into making, pe- make- making people believe that she is an alcoholic. And the, let's, 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 not, let's not play herself. Do I believe Sutton like her cocktails? Yes. Who doesn't? I like my cocktail. I was drinking on Thanksgiving. I was drinking the night before. I was drinking with Bali from Family Karma the next day. So, yes, I understand that sometimes you drink cocktails during the day, during the night. Who cares? Which, by the way, you guys, I just threw that right in. I had a dinner with um, with Bali and O'Malley and... The conversation is going to be just between us, like me and Bali and him. I mean, I'm not going to share what we talked about because that's nobody's business. But I'm just so grateful for her, too. I'm going to add that to this episode. I'm so thankful for the friendship that I have with Bali because that was so fun, you guys. So fun. All I'm going to say is, is that I need Andy and a camera after, you know, and start Family Karma once again. I need Family Karma back. If Please, if you guys are listening right now, if you guys got to this point of the conversation, and if you have time, I am encouraging, uh, I'm asking you to please, please share on your social medias, on your Twitter, your TikTok, your Instagram, tag Bravo and ask Bravo that we need Family karma back. But now back to Beverly Hills. I don't I don't like this tone that they are putting on Sutton. Because last season, if I'm not wrong, Erica was drinking and popping pills at the same time and acting a fool and telling herself something to fuck off and trying to uh fool around with uh with um with um, Oliver, you know, because she was drinking and popping pills and nobody, nobody of these ladies beside Garcelle and Sutton made a comment about it. So suddenly they are the high judgment of Sutton by saying that she's been drinking too much. And... Yes, sometimes the comment the Sutton made about uh, Kyle's sobriety might not land well. But at the same time, maybe just maybe Kyle's just mad about the fact that Sutton can drink and she can't. Because it, like she became sober right before this uh season like she was still drinking before this is not like something that she's been doing for many 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 years this is something that she decided to do to better her life like before she started filming and because she was having a hard time with her own personal life and that i do respect i respect that decision but i do feel like she's projecting some of that like judgment for people who drink because she became sober. And just because you are sober, that doesn't give people the, the like the right to judge those who drink, just like 
people who drink has no right to judge those who don't want to drink. You know, that's the whole point. We make decisions that we feel are okay uh, for ourselves, for our bodies. And um, I don't know. There is something about twisting this into making sun into an alcoholic. They became way before these episodes were airing because last time the John Mellencamp's daughter was on Watch What Happened Live, she planted the seed that Sutton carries a bottle of vodka or something in her purse. So this seems to be a plan. This is the plant. And it's so obvious. It's so obvious. But I'm really happy that Sutton is giving her no dust. She's paying no dust and she is just going with her life. I'm also happy that she had said many times over the past uh, episode that she realized that the cow is not a real friend to her because a friend doesn't do what she does. Sutton has always been there, by, you know, by Kyle's side. Even when Kyle is throwing her under the bus, she always tried to be her friend. But it seems like Kyle is very, very proactive to use Sutton as a scapegoat and try to use her for like some kind of story in the past. So every other lady can literally just go at it, you know, and use her as like a, a pawn, as a joke or something. You know, we saw that with Lisa Rena. We saw that last season too with Erica Jane. We're seeing it now that she's doing it to her with Dorit. So yes, I do have a problem. Because just because Sun drinks maybe one cocktail or something once in a while and she likes to have a good time, I don't think it's fair for people to paint her as an alcoholic because there is a difference between having a cocktail and being an alcoholic. Also, it's very interesting that people are starting to judge uh, Sutton's quirky ways when Sutton has been quirky from the moment that she joined the show as a friend of. Are we going to forget the moment that she literally made John Mellencamp's daughter cry because she called her boring and she called her like, oh, she's pregnant and she was pregnant and she made her cry. And like, this is not like, like a new son. This has been the same person. It's very consistent to what son has son has been in the past. So I want you guys to listen and maybe go watch previous seasons and tell me if there's any difference. Sometimes we forget how people are because we were so like hyper focused on Erica and her issues. The now that they're trying to kind of like use Sutton as like the the villain, I guess, because oh my gosh. How bad somebody's drinking a cocktail in their own home. It's not like she's driving. It's not like she's going to places drunk. She is in her own house having a cocktail. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, I never understand how people can villainize something so simple. But that is just my take. On the other hand, we have Garcelle. Garcelle is showing so many layers, and the dynamic she has with her sons is incredible. That scene where... Um, uh, 
Jay told Garcelle, oh, the girls are going to come to the party. Who am I supposed to avoid? Who has who we have problem with? Who do we like? That's a real son right there. That that what he said was like, mom, you know, what's, what's the deal? Who we have problem with? You know, if you have beef with somebody, they got beef with me too. You know, if they have beef with you, they got beef with me. And that to me screams being raised right. Garcelle has done an amazing job raising those kids. Even though we had seen moments where she kind of like, kind of like questioned that. And I, and I want to like hug her and be like, no, you did so great. Those boys are class acts, both of them. It's like at the party, you know, when um, Crystal was um, talking to Jax at the party, right? And Jax told her, you know, like, you know what? I want to go talk to Erica. I want to see what's up. I want to, you know, talk about what happened last year, right? Let's not make it awkward or I try to avoid each other. So he grabbed Crystal and he went to Erica, an adult, and faced her and said, you know what? We had an issue last year. We're fine. And that's when Erica apologized to him, right? It was like a full circle moment because if you guys don't remember, Crystal was the one who removed Jax from the situation. She was the one who grabbed the kid. It was like, you know what? Let's go. Because Erica is drunk and is talking out of her ass, right? So this time he grabbed Crystal to go with him so he could speak to Erica and be like, you know what? We have no beef. We're good. Let's move on. Let's forget it. Who cares? That is a grown-ass man mentality, you know? And interesting enough, was him the one who approached her? If she wanted to be the adult in this situation, she should have arrived to that party and walked to Jack herself as soon as she uh, got to the party. As soon as she got out of the car, she got dropped off and walk into the party, look for Jax and be like, hey, Jax, I know we had a problem last year. I want to apologize. That's what a grown ass person do. And that's what she didn't do. She waited for him to go to her so she can feel like, okay, we, 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 I can speak to you. No, no. At least she apologized and they can move on, right? I'm just happy that at this party we see Denise back. I love Denise. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I think not only she is such an amazing actress with a really long, long, uh, you know, list of movies. Like she truly has been working in Hollywood for decades after decades. I always felt like she has, she was one of the kind of the highlights when they brought her to the show because she did have a list, you know, Hollywood power previous to show, right? Um, also, Denise has the career the all the actresses wish they had. I'm talking about you, Lisa Arena. Um, 
you know, Denise has been a Bond girl. Denise has many iconic movies. And then her coming to the show, I'm pretty sure a lot of these women first threatened by her presence because she already had a fan base. She already has like a cult following, you know, right? Um, so having her back to me is is amazing. Um, I grew up, you know, I'm I was born in the '80s. I grew up in the in the '90s, and as a as a young adult, I was very very attracted to Denise Richards. Uh, I, I think she was like one of my few female you know, crushes. So seeing her back on the show to me is like really really fun. I want her back more. I want her to be more uh, diamond holder next season. We wasted the opportunity to bring her on the show. And as we saw on the clip for uh, the upcoming episode, we are going to be introduced to Emery. And I have my issues with her already. Before the show started like filming, before anything, before she was even like fully announced as a full-time I already knew about her and her husband and his opinions that are not, I don't know. I don't want to get into this because a lot of people might say this is political conversation and somebody's identity is not a political thing. When it comes to opinions about People in the LGBTQIA community, it's not a political conversation. It's a person's identity conversation. It has nothing to do with what side of the aisle in the political spectrum you are. But it has to do a lot about human rights and how um, how much I can respect you as a person. Because if you can respect people's um, identities, I do not respect you, period. So, Anne-Marie had this husband with very questionable opinions. Uh, and then recently, like a couple of weeks ago, or last week, um, it was discovered that he is being sued by a woman that, I'm going to say allegedly, because I want to protect myself, uh, was raped by this guy. Trigger warning, I'm sorry, I should have said that. But, and people are questioning this woman because it happened 20-something uh, years ago. But what happened was, is that this man was protected by the uh, college they, they were in. Because she made the right move to, um, to bring attention to the fact that he allegedly raped her and abused her. And the college allegedly decided to protect him so he could be part of the sport team and also for him to be able to keep, you know, building his career as a sport commentator. So fast forward to now, is resurfing because uh, my understanding is that this woman is trying to get the justice that she deserves. So from the beginning, I'm not interested on in getting to know this woman. I'm not interested to see her husband or a screen. I know Bravo is not going to cut her out of the show because she's involved in a lot of stuff. But I, I am happy that during BravoCon, 
she was supposed to be in the same lineup as me, as uh, I mean, Kyle Richards, Rachel Fuda, just uh, Fessler and and her were like on a photo op. And I decided to just ask for a picture just with Kyle. I ended up just getting a selfie because it became chaotic because the, the security guy was a little, I don't know why he, I don't know why he got so upset. But um, I got my picture with Kyle because one thing that I will not do is take a photo with people that I don't like and I don't support, especially in a, in a space that I paid to be in. So when I saw her and Marie, whatever her last name is, I don't care, and Rachel Fuda at the, uh, at the group photo, I said, I just want a picture with Kyle. And I'm getting my picture with Kyle, period. So um, so I feel like we lost the opportunity to bring somebody that actually matters to the show. We have Denise that is right there. We have Camille. Camille is an icon for Beverly Hills. I would rather see Camille back 100% than getting to know this new person. That's just my opinion. I know Camille is going to be back on Ultimate Girls Trip. We are crossing our fingers that it actually airs because you know that there is a lot of um, investigation going on with that Morocco trip due to the interaction between uh, Caroline and Brandy. So that Ultimus girls trip is hanging by a thread. I'm just hoping that it actually happened because we will get Camille. We had Gretchen. We have, uh, oh my gosh, such a good fucking season and I don't want to miss it. Um, but I wish Bravo will definitely bring any of these ladies back full time or more involved than just like a guest appearance because they are, uh, Camille is like the perfect person to get Dorit and Kyle like bother and I love it <laughs> um yeah and for that reason I'm very thankful for for Beverly Hills <laughs> this is my I'm thankful for Beverly Hills segment now we are going to Miami Miami once again is is giving us drama between Alexia Marisol and uh Adriana and that ride in the van was so freaking insane with the whole like being gassy and stuff. I'm going to say this. Um, I like all three. I'm not going to say like, oh, I, I hate Adriana because I like Alexia or I don't like Alexia because I like Adriana. I like them all. Miami is one of those shows that I actually like all of them. Minus Larsa. Because one thing that I don't like is when people can keep their mouth shut about people's health issues, right? Uh, the fact that, um, oh my gosh, I need to share it because it's true. Mia Carla said, I would love to see more Jennifer Tilly as a real housewife friend. I would love her to have a full-time friend of role. And actually be invited to like the the ladies, you know, parties and like to the trips and stuff. Because I love 
her friendship with Sun, and she will be so great at defending her when all these women are trying to go after her. So yes, I would definitely love that. But back to Larsa, I don't like the fact that um, Gertie asked her not to say a damn word, and she went ahead and told the whole entire state of Florida. So disrespectful, so tacky, uh, almost gossipy. Uh, that's not a real friend. If you're a real friend, you keep your mouth shut because it's not your business to tell anyone about what you were told by the person in a very confidential way, right? Um, I just love that the producers were not kidding with that part. And in that scene where they were like talking about it in the van, if they were going to tell or not to Gertie that, that they knew about it. And every single like uh, little um, kind of screen letters were like, Told by Larsa, told by Larsa, told by Larsa. And then when it was Larsa's time, it was like basically told everyone. Chef kiss. Um, but I'm still very into the whole van fight between Alexia, Marisol, and Adriana. Because it all started because Adriana uh, told them that she had to fart. Because she had gassy, she ate something. I don't know. She was like gassy or whatever. And Marisol was telling Alexia in the bathroom and Adriana her. But I mean, if somebody is in a bus and she says or they say, hey, I have fucking the farts. I have to fart all the time. And, you know, like my stomach is messed up. And I'm like, Ah, shit, I'm going to be trapped for two hours. Somebody who's going to just be passing gases. I will tell my friends. And that's not being gossipy. That person shared with everybody, right? So um, the fact that she felt so offended that Marisol let Alexia know that um, that Adriana was passing gas, like, hmm. I'm on team Marisol and Alexia on this one. There was no need to get so mad about them talking about passing gas. It's not like they were calling her any names or anything like that. They were just like, Marisol was making Alexia aware of what was happening, right? But then that escalated to Alexia fighting with Adriana because Adriana ran into Todd and Todd said something to her and um, and like Todd said, oh, I wasn't at your party because um, it wasn't because of you guys. Obviously, I feel like he was just being polite. But then Adriana goes to the extent to start justifying the reason why Alexia married Todd, saying that she did it because of his money or for status or stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't think Adriana should be saying anything like that if she's trying to mend the friendship with Alexia because it doesn't seem sincere, right? And I like Adriana. I think she is funny. I think she gives drama. She's not even a full-time housewife, and she gives more drama than some of the full-time housewives on the show. Um, I also feel like she, uh, she knows how to be a housewife on TV, 
Like she knows what will definitely bring the drama. And their drama is not fake. The drama between Alexia and Adriana is so real that when they landed in Miami after BravoCon, they had a fight, like a full-on fight at the airport because Alexia didn't, didn't know, didn't know what Adriana was saying in the confessionals until she watched that episode on the plane back home from BravoCon to Miami. So when they landed, shit hell broke loose. And I'm very thankful for this because that was, to me, it, it showed that they do have real freaking drama in Miami. It's not produced for the show. They really don't like each other or they really talk about this behind each other's back. But we had seen it that even though they are not in great terms, they also can bend together when it, the time is needed, right? Um, that basketball game was... I don't even know what happened because that scene was such a blur to me. I'm like, they don't even know how to play basketball. So why are we doing this? Like, why is even like... This should, that basketball moment should have been like a flashback in a future episode. <laughs> to be honest, I was like, what is even happening here? But that van trip, the sprinter fight, made it all worth it because the ladies of Miami can fight. They can drag each other in person. They don't have to wait for the confessional. They are going to tell each other what they mean and they what they feel like in the moment. So that's why Miami has do, doing so well because a lot of other franchises, they wait for like the confessionals to say what they think. But in Miami, they are not afraid to tell each other how they feel. And I'm thankful for that. Let's talk about... Um, let's talk about Potomac. Because last night, the episode from last night was crazy. Um, first off, I'm actually enjoying some of the... Um, not so dramatic storylines like um the Juan Dixon thing is so planned to like fix his image and this whole thing with uh uh Robin defending him every turn that she can uh saying like oh we're not gonna pay attention to what anyone says I'm like oh god it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing because she would rather be with somebody who obviously has lied and cheated on than just be like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to have to talk about it. And, and honestly, if she goes on TV and says, you know what? Juan Dixon and I have an arrangement that he can do whatever he wants and I can do whatever I want and then we go home together. No judgment. If that were for them, who am I to, to judge? Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Because I'm 100% sure that the viewers will react differently. They will say, like, you know what? That's their business. Good for them. I would rather than saying that because more people... More people 
will feel even identify with that because there's more people out there that have that arrangement in their marriage, right? More than people might even believe. So I do want her to say, you know what? I don't care what anyone says because we are okay with what we do outside of this house. You know? Um, yeah, that is my perspective. I, I, I don't understand why we have to pretend that what happened last year never happened. And every time that he has a chance, he's trying to like portray himself as like this like really good guy that all he was trying to do is to help a homeless girl in a hotel because she lost her credit card, you know? That's it. Oh, I want to share it with Mia because uh, I think it's interesting. This is coming from Mia Carla from New York. Most women after kids and get older, let it go because sex can be a hassle when you have small kids or long hours at work or a business to run. I mean, it's true. And some people are okay with letting their no partner to do their own business outside, you know, the household. And then they just still work. They still live their life together. I mean, I think more people nowadays understand that each relationship has the right to build their own, uh, to create their own rules, to build up their relationship the way that they want to do it. And nobody can judge that. And if that works, that works. But I would rather somebody that is honest than somebody that's trying to so hard to save the image of somebody who has obviously been cheated. I also am very impressed with um, with Candace this season. She is, I mean, I love Candace. I know Candace is a very polarizing character, um, you know, on the housewife level. I think she knows how to read people. I know she understands um, who she is. I think she knows how to like um, give really great TV. We saw a moment between her and her mother on last night episode. And uh, the dynamic between them two is just TV gold. The way that the mom tried to shade uh, Chris about like his job if to see if he was making money or not. And uh, Candice caught the shade right in the moment was freaking hysterical. One thing that I'm not impressed by, though, this pickleball idea. Who decided to make pickleball the housewives and Bravo uh, sport? It's like I haven't stopped seeing pickleball since, like, Vendepon rules, like, three, ep three seasons ago, when it seemed like everybody was playing pickleball with, like, what's his freaking name? Uh, Russell or whatever. No, it's not Russell. Is it Russell? Um, Randall, Randall, uh, you know, um, um, you know, Lala's ex. I'm like, who made it the freaking Bravo official sport? Because I don't understand it. I don't think it's fun. If you want to play that, play tennis. I like tennis. I don't understand pickleball, to be honest. 
Like, please, Jesus Christ. Play tennis. But it seems like Karen wanted to have, once again, a healing party. It's like everyone, everyone on Housewife is trying to heal, like, their dynamics because the last few seasons from every single franchise was super toxic. So now they are in this healing process. I guess all the franchises together, right? We have Salt Lake City having healing, uh, you know, dinners in a freaking pilgrim outfit. Beverly Hills, since Lisa Reyna is not there, they're trying to seem like they're all having a great time. You know, together, even though you can tell that that's not going to happen the whole entire season. And now we have Potomac when every single person has issues with the other person. Right. Um, and for some reason, Karen picked Pickleball. God knows why. But on this Pickleball um, part of the episode, two things like caught my attention. One, the way the Juan Dixon was so excited to be there. Like producers even made an intro for him when he got out of the car. And you can see the you can see like letters of like, you know, Karen what Karen said about him and what Candace said about him and with the voices and like all the stuff. I'm like, why is Bravo doing all this for somebody who literally has tried to avoid to be on this show for the past seven seasons. Like, now that he is jobless, and now that he wants to be around uh, um, Robin all the time because he's trying to fix this image that he's a cheater, he's, you, you, he's on every episode. He's Now he's going to group events. Uh, he has had more camera time in this few episodes that he has had for seven seasons altogether, right? So I'm like, I'm shocked that Bravo or the producers are giving him so much, like, importance of what he does and say. Like, come on, get a job. Juan Dixon, get a job. Um, The other thing that I was very... um intrigued by was by um Wendy and Nekka's um dynamic because this whole shrine voodoo thing I'm not gonna get into it I'm not gonna give my opinion on it because I have no idea about it I as you can see in here I'm not part of uh the Nigerian you know, community, and that I don't have any African background. I don't have any historical you know, knowledge about what these women are talking about. Everything I'm learning about this whole shrine, um, you know, being part of like this, I'm like watching it on a TV show. This literally trivializing this. This is a cultural thing. So I'm not going to get into giving my opinion on that because that's not my lane. I'm going to stay on my lane and keep listening. But I did read a lot of the comments that were made on um, uh, the people made on a post that I make on my Twitter because, as you guys know, I live tweet at the show is Aaron. So I always post videos and clips and 
and picture that I screen grabbed from from the episode as the episode's airing. Um, I didn't say anything about it. Like I didn't give any opinion. I only said these are the three most chaotic minutes in you know Potomac history. This whole interaction between uh, Wendy and Neka. So um, I I honestly am nah I'm, I don't know I don't know but based on what I read on those comments it seems like the accusations of being part of you know this group the people who does like voodoo or whatever in the Nigerian community is some heavy accusations and um, it can damage people's reputation if they are not part of it or if they live outside the you know that community, like they live in Atlanta, I mean in Potomac, they live in Potomac, so um, that can that can be like damaging for their businesses, their reputation, and all this stuff. I don't know for a fact because, like I said before, I have no opinion on it. I'm gonna keep it to myself. I'm gonna we'll just watch the show and see what happens. Um, but at the same time. I I I I don't understand why Wendy is getting so much heat from this new person on the show. I really wish they that she came on the show and became friends with Wendy because sometimes the best way to to build you know a friendship, it's by finding common grounds. And they are part of the same community, right? Um, so I wish this, like, commonality would have brought it together. Instead, we're having this conversation about how when this mom calls somebody that is family of um, her and Wendy is getting the heat and I'm like, the mom is not a housewife, so I don't understand what's happening. Um, I'm not enjoying that, though. I'm not enjoying this uh, dynamic. I'm not interested as much in the way that it's been developed, this story. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think we need to move on from that. I'm hoping that, that soon enough, this whole conversation about, like, being on a shrine or whatever, whatever, like putting your name in a shrine and all the stuff, we can move past that. Because I don't want it to be dragged the whole entire season. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not invested. I do like though the shade and the, and the commentary that Wendy is doing on the confessionals. A lot of people were saying it seemed like uh, she might be triggered by what was said about her mom, and that's why she's looking a little uh, suspiciously guilty or, like, she knows about it. But to, to be honest, I, I enjoy Wendy. I like Wendy. I think she's a very successful woman. I love the way that she uh, she is a political commentary, but she can still give you shade and fun and all this stuff on, you know, on reality TV. So she's a very smart woman. I just need, I just need the other ladies to stop trivializing her achievement 
because that's another conversation that has been happening on the show for many seasons. And like, it's tired. Like, come on. You can't deny that Wendy has, you know, education, that she has been part of the political environment for a long time. I mean, she is a very accomplished woman. Let's not trivialize that because some of the people on the cast, their biggest achievement is having a podcast, the one that I have, that I have from home. So no, we, we cannot put on the same level somebody who has a PhD to somebody who has a podcast. Like, let's be fucking real here. <laughs> I'm not comparing my little podcast to like a doctor. Like, come on. I'm not saving lives. I'm not sending rockets to the moon. Trust me. <laughs> but I'm so thankful for this podcast and for you guys to like always come here and enjoy this uh, little conversation about Housewife and Bravo. It, it's been, once again, like I want to I wanna say like um, one of the biggest um, rewards from this platform, from my Twitter, from my Instagram, from my podcast, is the friendships and the and the um, and the real connection that I have made with so many people, including fans of the shows, including content creators, Bravo Labs that now I can call friends. So, um, yeah, I'm thankful for all the mess, all the drama, all the episode that we have watched together and comment on it and fight over and, and love. Um, so, yeah, for that reason, I'm thankful for Bravo. I'm thankful for Bravo for bringing us all together. Like it or not, we are family. Uh, and that's it, you guys. This is the episode for tonight. I just want to invite you to, like I said before, go and follow my Instagram, my TikTok, and Twitter as Martini with Eddie. I'm posting um, one-minute recaps on the reels and on TikTok when the episodes air uh, because it's hard for me to like keep doing three episodes a week uh, on my podcast. So I'm going to just keep one episode a week where I recap everything and we just talk about all the nonsense of the week and then little news flash on my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and Thread. Don't forget Thread, because Thread is popping. Okay, you guys, thank you for joining me today. I just want to uh, say thank you to Mia Kane Cordova. Uh, we also have Trent Briggs. We have Aaron. Uh, Aaron, I love you. I hope you are feeling good, and you know, with all our love, truly, truly love you. You're amazing. Um, I want to invite you guys to just follow my social medias and I will see you next time here to recap Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City, Salt and Charm, Winter House, and more. And all the news here on Martina with Eddie. Come on, guys. Say it with me. Bye, besties.